everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Little Give. Uh, I can't wait for you to meet our guest. She's incredible. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from. Tell us what you're all about. Hi, I'm Blaze Hunter, and I am a best-selling author, and I'm an advocate and humanitarian for life, So, and helping make this world a better place. So I started a little bit as a broadcast journalist, became a stay hope mom, and went through some infertility and loss, and decided to write a book about it, and it organically turned into a massive social movement, and I'm excited to be here today and talk about that. Wow, that's that's quite a bit. So go ahead, start <laughs> the beginning. Tell us more. Yeah, I was a stay-at-home mom, and a, a couple parts that led to my very first book. Uh, a part of it is that I battle a very rare autoimmune condition, and it's life-threatening, and I battle quite a bit. And so, uh, with that, I experienced three miscarriages and was very depressed and feeling like I had no purpose in life. And then I also had a beautiful daughter, but I was drowning in that struggle. And so mixed that two together was in a very dark place. And at one part, I looked at my three-year-old and thought, you know, how am I going to raise her to be strong and confident and be a world changer and earth shaker? But her mama isn't practicing what she preaches and she looks in the mirror and she feels like she's fat and ugly and has no purpose. And then I'm struggling with depression and this illness. And it was just this light bulb moment of aha that I need to start being the hero of my life so I can be the hero and model that for her. So that kind of shifts things for me from being a victim to wanting, wanting to change the narrative of my life. So I began to write a book and, and write through all the pain and the heartache and the loss and try to rechannel it and turn it into my pearl rather than my pain. And what developed was this heroine embrace your flaws and own your awesome book. And I shared about my infertility. I shared about my three miscarriages and I felt I needed to say it because it's a very taboo topic and no one talks about it and you just struggle in silence. And my husband grieved and didn't have anywhere to go. And so I just thought I would write and let it all out for a change rather than hiding behind this mask. And people came forward out of the woodwork and it was like um, a Me Too moment 2.0, like Me Too, us too, we struggle too, we battle. My husband had a hard time and it was a coming together and a safety uh, of solidarity and our voices united that I could share this, which organically led then to my business, Blaze the Trail Inc. of advocacy, as well as creating my nonprofit. So it's just been a huge, amazing, organic transition from your pain into your purpose and your pull for the world. And that's what I educate and tell people that our pain is our purpose and it's a gift. Oh, wow, that's that's so neat that you just took your own pain and turned it into something great. What do you think caused that shift in you that made you turn, you know, change your way and start writing and start this nonprofit? What do you think made that shift? Um, I'll be really honest. It was a life altering moment that changed the trajectory of my life because I was drowning and I like so many others. Yeah, it's easy to say be positive and turn it around. But how? How do you do that in reality when you're filled with struggle and pain and travesty? And I, I was so ill. And it was only after my first miscarriage that I was so low. And I just said, God, I need a sign that I'm not going to die. And that was real for me. Like I thought I was on a path of complete destruction and death and going to leave my husband and daughter behind. And I was so upset and sad and low. I just needed a sign that, hey, you've got some hope. 
And so I said a little prayer and I saw a Facebook post that a woman in Texas was coming to Canada. I'm from Canada. I forgot to say that. And she was coming from Canada and I thought I recognized or from Texas to Canada. And I thought I recognized her name. I never met her. And it turns out there was a connection to her name. Her parents were ministers from 30 years ago that visited a church that I went to 30 years prior as a little kid. And they had an impact on me and they've passed on. But this woman has taken over that ministry of spreading hope and healing to the world. And I just felt this pull to go see her. And I said, God, whatever you have planned for my life, I need a sign that you've got hope for me, that there's still some good for my life. So I'm going to go see this woman and I don't care what you do, but I need a sign and I'm calling it in, whatever it is. And so I showed up to this service and I made my mom drive me. I was too ill to drive and I get in the front row and my mom goes, oh, no, no, I don't do front rows. And I said, I didn't come here for the back. And so my mom sat down beside me and the service began and the lady started speaking. And I just got loud in my head being like, God, I need that sign. I'm not leaving here. I need something to say that there's hope for me beyond pain and lack. And I'll stay in this chair all night if I have to, but I won't leave here without my sign. And in the middle of this service, I don't know this woman at all. She just stopped the entire service and was like, hold up, hang on, hope what's going on here. I need to stop because someone is drawing on so much, me on so much in this room. I can't continue on. And it was silence. And she walked over to me. And she looked me right in the eye and said, God, hears your cry. He sees your pain. Your tears will end. Joy will come. And you will write a book about it. And then she just walked away and continued on like nothing had happened. And I'm sitting there like, okay, God, I think that was my sign. <laughs> wow. And that was such an amazing moment for me in my lifetime. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to experience hardship after that because I had two more miscarriages, but I hung on to this moment in time where hope collided with my heart. And still to this day, when I have problems, I can go back to that moment that I have hope and I have purpose. And if humankind can hang on to hope, you've got it. You've got something to fight for and you've got something to fight for, for your life. And that has continued for me since 2016 to be able to push through the pain and then write the book and birth it even amongst a barren season. And that's, that's what happened was that I channeled that and said, you know what, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to write the book. And you did. And look at this, this amazing thing you've created. Yeah. That's wow. What a powerful story of you just needing, needing something and it just showing up right there, right there at the moment that you need it the most. I love that story. Yeah. Let's talk more about the book. Okay. So you get the sign, write this book. (laughs) You got the sign. So what, what about you decided that, okay, well, this is the choice I'm going to make as far as the title, the name, how it's going to turn out, what it's about. Yeah. So like I shared a little bit of like, it it was kind of like three topics in one. One of them was about body image. And I was a woman that didn't really struggle with weight her entire life, but I had self-hatred my whole life. And I would look in the mirror and think ugly and lack and not good enough. And it perpetuated through into my adult years, even though the image was not distorted, it was distorted with this lens that I was looking at. And then I have this little daughter, and I don't want her to grow up and have 
eating disorders and body image issues. And I'm like, how am I going to get her to not do that? And I'm like, I've got to change what I do because my inner voice becomes her voice. Mm -hmm. And so this was the passion project. And you know what? I don't think I'm alone in this struggle, even though it's kind of like this hidden secret where we don't talk about that we all hate our bodies. And yet we all do. We all find fault in the mirror. And so I wanted to create this project that talked about the realities of the struggle of body image. And if we all struggle with living up to society's standards, then there's something wrong with the standard and not us. We need to break that and talk about it and break through the silence barriers that we are enough. And let's just say I own my body, stretch marks and all, cellulite and all, whatever that means, short, tall, wide, skinny, it doesn't matter. Let's embrace who that is. It's not really a flaw. It's just what society has deemed that. So I wanted to break that barrier and draw other women in. So I partnered with a photographer. I am an old radio journalist. So I drew on that talent and I interviewed 30 women and got them to collaborate. Their pictures are in the book. All ages, all races, all backgrounds, moms, young ladies, all around. And let's unify together and say we all have different body types but we're all beautiful and it's what's inside that makes us beautiful, not the actual skin and body. It's what our character is, our integrity, our passions, our uniqueness. That's what makes us beautiful. So that was one big component was changing the narrative of my self-hatred into being the hero of my story. And so I wanted to create that for other women as well as my daughter. Hey, follow me because mama's doing it. And I'm leading your hand through life by showing you and modeling that I own who I am, flaws and all. And so that was one beautiful component. And then I wanted to talk about the realities of motherhood because no one talks about that, that we got to have this perfect, oh, it's so worth it mask when we're struggling at home, crying and wondering how we're going to make it through the day. And we don't think we're doing well enough. And we have this mom guilt and we're punishing ourselves. And that's not heroin. That's the opposite of being the hero of your story for you and your kids. And then I wanted to break that barrier about infertility and loss. So other moms also share their miscarriage or their IVF and infertility journey to showcase their safety in this conversation. And it's normal that we're all going through this. It's not an isolated situation. It's a humanity issue. And if we can collectively come together, then we can support one another and help each other move forward. So it was a beautiful collaboration that just released into the world and I, I won several awards for the book. It's for my honesty, it's candidness and it's vulnerability. And that's what I try and share is our vulnerability is our superpower. Oh, that's so needed right now. It's so needed. And I think now with like, you know, all that's going on with like social media and like our young women and, and young boys are, you know, concerned about how many likes they get on Instagram, all of the things that uh, come along with like, you know, Facebook and all of that. And people feel like their worth is only, um, dictated by whatever's on the phone, whatever these apps say about them, Instagram, whatever. Um, and I think it's so important. You know, I, I recently also uh, co-authored a book called How to Overcome Self-Sabotage. And that is so important because I know throughout my life, my journey, I had the same struggles. Like I thought there was always something wrong with me. And then I, I actually found out that like, wait, <laughs> this is not a me problem. This is that every woman problem and every yeah. man problem, every child problem. We always, you know, want to self-sabotage. That little voice in our head is not necessarily talking to us 
the nice way, like it should. And so I'm glad that you wrote this book that actually focuses on helping people, not just saying, like you said, uh, that different mindset, oh, have a different mindset, do this, do that, you know, all these different, you know, things you need to do, but actually giving you action items yes. that teach you how, how do you overcome this? Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. It's about showing like, uh, uh, there's a parenting trick. It's like, I do, we do, you do. You don't just tell people what to do. It's like, I show you how I'm doing it because I've come through the other side. So let's show you my mess and I'm going to open it up for the world. I'm unmasked. And that's part of the reason for the book and the cover of the book is you're unmasked. I'm not showing you the perfected side of me that I'm going to showcase. I'm going to show you the real part of it. And it's messy. And sometimes I fall and fail and sometimes I rock it, but I'm going to show you all of it, invite you in on that journey of how I've had wins and missteps and how I've learned from them and got back up and become the hero by never quitting and being resilient. And so I do, then we're going to do it together because I'm taking you on that journey of how we can do this together collectively because we're, we're stronger together and we're in this together and you're not alone. And then you can go and have the tools to go do it for your own sphere and your own family and your life and impact your community. So that's what it's really about. Hi, my name is Justin Clark, and I'm the president of the Board of Directors for Driving Single Parents, a 501c3 nonprofit serving the citizens of San Antonio and Bear County, Texas. I'm here today to tell you a little bit about the great work that our organization is doing for the citizens of San Antonio. What you're about to see is just a few photos and videos of the way that we're changing lives for single parents in and around San Antonio, Texas. Our first giveaway took place in April of 2017, just one short month after the formation of our organization. John, a Bear County resident, was the victim of a horrible drunk driver incident. He and his daughter survived the crash, and we were so proud to give our first car to this deserving family. Fast forward to 2020, a very difficult year for nonprofits we were able to secure four vehicles for single parents in need. Our organization, including our board of directors, list of partners, and portfolio of people we've been able to help in San Antonio continues to grow. And it's all thanks to donors and local community organizations that have helped us along the way. This giveaway took place in 2021 and shows that we continue to help single parents even after the struggles brought about by COVID-19. Because of limited funds and the overwhelming need, we at Driving Single Parents are incredibly selective with the people we help. Some are victims of domestic violence. Others had a spouse pass away tragically or otherwise fell on hard times. These single parents show adversity in the face of challenge and aren't looking for a handout. We offer a hand up and help get them back in the driver's seat. Many of the single parents we help go on to graduate college, get promotions, get married, mentor others, and some have even been so touched by the gift we gave them that they have decided to join our board of directors to pay it forward and ensure the continued growth of our organization. If you would like to help our organization continue to grow and continue to help single parents in need in San Antonio, Texas and Bear County, Texas, we would really appreciate your support. Please visit us online 
at www.drivingsingleparents.org. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Well, back on episode 11, I introduced a new segment of the show called Kindness Clips. So what we're looking for are short little clips of you telling a story about a time when either you were kind to someone or maybe somebody did something kind for you that made an impact. Send those short clips over to Cindy at littlegive.com and you could be featured on a future episode. I can't wait to see you on the show. Now it's time for Little Give Kindness Clips. Smiling, you know, you have no idea what someone else is going through. And that one smile that you can give someone could actually change their day. You know, whether it's just been, how are you? Are you okay? Do you need some help? You know, maybe it could be, you know, going to the shops and getting some food for someone that maybe can't get out of their house. In certain parts of the world, you've got snow. If you can go physically out to the shop and someone else can't, why can't you just go to the shop for them and get their things for them and bring them to them? Because I know that I've had this, um, especially through the pandemic, I had people coming to my house and dropping food off for me because I was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But imagine if they didn't. Right. You know, if you can do that for someone, it, it would just be amazing. Yeah. So tell us the next one. You have another book, right? I did. So it kind of just again, with the theme of being the hero of your story. And I have had trauma and hardships and pain and being smacked down and you fall down seven times, you get up eight. And I'm struggling with a autoimmune condition. So I'm trying to starve the disease by injecting love and changing the narrative of the story that it's not, um, autoimmune literally translates to self-rejection. So there's still something going on where it doesn't feel accepted. And so that's what I'm doing with my work is that I am literally trying to not die. And I'm going to inject as much love and healing inside this to starve out this rejection, to get rid of it. And and the antidote is love. So Captain Communicator is first and foremost about me living and about that communication in your body. There's missed signals in your body. And if you have an autoimmune condition, it's not firing on the right signals. So I'm gonna now reroute some, maybe stop some pathways that were toxic and unhealthy and reroute it into healthy lines again, where it injects love and healing from inside out. So it's about my healing and my story, but also helping the world become better communicators because communication is everything. And the point of communication is connection. And so that's what I'm trying to connect those lines again to inject love and, and healing into this world, whether it's for me, my community or for others. So that's what Captain Communicator is all about. Each chapter talks about a different topic that really impacts every one of us in our daily lives, whether it's body signals, whether it's your internal thinking, relationships, friendships, very hard. No one talks about when friendships leave you. Talk about how to talk to your children, how to talk to your adult parents, co-workers. It really dabbles into a lot of things that we don't really talk about, but really we need communication skills to really have empowered humanity. Wow. Can you give us a couple of examples of like what you really loved about the book as far as the top communicators? Like maybe give us a couple examples of uh, which uh, like little tidbits you like the most. 
Um, I really, I get the, really a lot of feedback about the friendships one, because again, like no one really talks about how to navigate friendships as an adult. We talk about it with our kids, but we don't actually have a manual that says how to navigate a friendship. And you've got people that have wounds. We're not all healed humans. We're all coming from pasts and trauma and triggers. And so when you interact with your friendships, it's really hard to set that up properly because we're all coming off of our own wounds. And then it's all assumptions. And then we either fight, flight, or fr like freeze. And so we often have a lot of conflict within adult friendships. So I really wanted to like dive in deep and say, how can we connect better? How can we, you know, set up this amazing exchange where you meet somebody new that could potentially be a friend and then share, you know, this is how I am in conversations or this is how I am in conflict. And maybe this is what I need from you when we go through that. And then what do you need? So we can set each other up in a glorious way rather than backtracking when you hit the rough road. So a really good nugget in there is really that setup of exchange within that friendship or and then understanding men and women. So I have a men chapter, a women chapter, and really understanding the psyche of what women need to feel safe and what men need to contribute. And so it's a really good manual of how humankind works. And once you get that, then you can plug it into your coworkers and your friendships. So I think those are your top three that I think really impact people. Wow. So how did you decide that that was important to put into your book? I mean, we all have adult friendships. What was it about you that made you decide like, hey, this is a really important thing and, and you wanted to add it to the book? I think that, well, I picked the top 10 things that I've struggled the most with. There's many things in our lives, but like if you really break it down, these top 10 categories really impact everybody and it's a day-to-day -day thing. And so I've done a lot of work to heal these little pockets of categories. And I thought, you know what, I've done the work, I can do the I do, we do, you do component with this, with each of these chapters. And so then that's what kind of started those 10 different themes is like, yeah, you don't see a book, you see 10 different books about these chapters or these topics all on their own, but you don't have them all encompassing under communication. And then I've struggled with friendships. I've struggled with getting dumped and no one has been able to help me kind of navigate through that. I feel very hurt. I have, wear my heart on my sleeve and, you know, depending where you are in your life, but I'm a lifer. When I call you friend, I mean, ride or die right to the end. And I've had to learn like friendships aren't always for your life. They're for seasons. And I've had to learn that, that maybe I'm not getting dumped. It's just that season is over. But then when you get dumped for no reason and you get ghosted, like how do you actually navigate and handle that where you don't take that on as another self-rejection? So I really wanted to share that component, which no one really seems to talk about with men and women. Like no one talks about the adult friendship component and how we have a lot of friction in getting breakups and breaking up with friends is hard to do. And sometimes you have to be the breaker upper. And how do you do that? And so I wanted to give a gift to the world for that topic because I've been through it. That is a gift. It is such a gift because it is something that it's a human thing. All of yeah. us deal with friendships and friendship losses and all of that. So, and you're right. I've never, ever heard of a book that actually addresses that. So kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah, so I got to ask you a couple of questions. So yeah. I have two questions I ask all of my guests. Uh, one is going to be, can you give the audience an example of a little thing they can do in their community uh, that might be a little thing on their end, but might actually make a big impact on the other end? So yeah, with this book, I created a nonprofit group called Footprints Infertility and Pregnancy Loss, and it's to support parents and people going through this issue. And a little thing, like we think that, oh, that doesn't apply to me, I'm out of the childbearing realm, or, you know, I'm grandparents, or, you know, I never struggled, I've had five babies, I, I don't want to be like the one that talks about this, because I don't have a problem. And that doesn't matter, it is a issue for all of us. We have a responsibility. And so the little thing is to create safety and normalize this conversation. Infertility and pregnancy loss affects one in four people. That's just the person going through it physically. So if you have a partner, now we're looking at close to 50% of the population deals with infertility or pregnancy loss. That's half our world and no one is talking about it. It's not safe. So the little thing that we can do that doesn't cost you a penny is to actually create the conversation, create safety, and talk about it with people. If, you're, if you notice someone in your realm is in your sphere is struggling, say, hey, I may not understand fully what you're going through, but I'm a safe space for you to open up, and I'm here for you to sit within the mess. And I don't have to say anything. You can just lay it on me. You can just lean on me, but I'm with you. Or you can just talk about it with your kids and talk about it with your parents and talk about it with your friends and be a safe harbor of this conversation. So that's a free thing you can do. A little thing is create the conversation. That's a beautiful thing to do. And, and you're right. Just, you know, that listening, that just that compassion and kindness yes. of like, you know, I, I don't know what you're going through. Um, I can't even begin to understand, but I'm here. Yeah. Talk. I'll listen. I, I think that's a beautiful thing to say. What a great little give. So can you give the audience an example of a little thing that someone's done for you in your life that maybe was a small thing on their end, but really actually made an impact on you, even if they didn't know it? It was. I go back to a friend when I was beginning this nonprofit group. Um, it's grassroots level. It's it's a mom who's had three miscarriages that is just trying to get this initiative started. And there's a lot of red tape when you're starting out. You're, you're, you're going in blind. You've never done this. And I had a little bit of struggle getting the money to start this project because we supply free support bags to parents when they go through a loss. It includes my book. It includes a certificate of life. It includes a handmade bracelet that I make. So there's a lot of mental health support components and empathy in this little package. But I needed the money. And I was having trouble. And I was going to go to the community and my friend who had a miscarriage, who has been my friend from the start of this whole situation, called me up and just said, you know, I have a little bit of extra money from my tax return. And instead of putting that into something or shopping, my husband and I just wanted to give it to, to start your program. And it's not much, but it's a start. And I couldn't believe that someone believed in me that much and it wasn't this huge financial thing but it was big for me and it was magical and for some reason whatever she injected in for that amount of money it just opened up the floodgates for the community to respond and we raised seven thousand dollars within a week and it was from her first initial cash injection was a little gift to me from her but it was this powerful huge thing that just opened up the floodgates of support. That was a massive thing for me. 
Oh, wow. That is, oh, that is incredible. Wow. What a great thing. You know, she could have taken that money and like you said, go shopping spree or kids or, I mean, there's a lot of things that we struggle with, you know, everybody struggles with financially. And so go, you know what? I know this great cause it's about to happen and believe in you. And and more that I know the money was a big part, but the believing in you had to make you feel like I can go on and I can do this forever. I will never forget that it wasn't the dollar amount. It was, I believe in you so much, Blaze, that I'm willing to put my money towards it. And it was just this loyalty that I will never forget. Never. It was the greatest gift ever was the, just the, even the energy put towards it. What a gorgeous little give. Oh my, I love that. Oh, wow. That's so powerful. Friends can be so amazing. And those who stand beside you whenever you start these big projects is so important. And I don't think that they really realize how important they are. And so I love that you decided to take this moment to to focus on that for your friend. What a great friend. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay. So do you have any nonprofits you're excited about? So, yeah. So, yeah. Leading into this, it's grown so much. That was just like this grassroots passion project I started in my community. I went to my doctor that was holding my hand and helping me through all of my miscarriages, I said, Hey, I have this idea. I I think we need a support group for families. Like there is nothing. There's nothing when you leave those doors as to help these families grieve how to make their angel babies count. Because if they only reach a certain time frame in the womb, do they count in the government's eyes, which I get. But what Mm -hmm. happens before that when they they, they counted to you as a parent and we want to honor that. So they get a certificate of life and we really wanted to create this beautiful support network. And so my doctor helped me put me in a room with other, other doctors and other places. And we created footprints, infertility and pregnancy loss support initiative. It started before the pandemic where we met in person and men and women came like husbands came and shared their feelings and their grief because men grieve too, partners grieve too. And we need to give space for them to let that out. And so That's how it started was just this monthly support group meeting met with the community injection of funds that now we can give these handmade support bags uh, to families the moment they leave the hospital or leave the clinic or call me up. And now we send them out worldwide. It has grown like I they text me, they email, they go on the Facebook group and said, hey, I've just had a loss and I get their address and I mail that out worldwide. And it's such a gift to humankind that we can help parents grieve properly and know that they're not alone and give them the proper resources and say that, you know, your feelings are valid. And then also make those babies count. We created a standing memorial in a park space where we started this at the flagship program. And so you can go to this green space and honor those footprints, whether it's a dream or an actual baby that you lost, their footprints will forever be on our hearts. And we just wanted to give them a tangible space to honor them. And now I've moved to from Alberta, that's in Alberta, Canada, and I've moved to British Columbia, and we're starting this program and expanding here. So it's just a great expansion organically, we're growing so much. We are doing a Women of Influence Awards in Nanaimo, British Columbia in February next year. It's a fundraiser for Footprints to really expand this project further. So I'm really excited about it. And all the funding goes towards the bags and supporting families and also um, really educating 
on reproductive health rights. Infertility and loss is part of reproductive health rights. And there are things happening in the medical system that we need more awareness and bridging gaps and helping the doctors. They're doing triage, but we now we got to help them support the mental health aspect because, you know, infertility and loss isn't just a medical issue. It's also a mental health and reproductive health rights issue. It's human rights. Hi, my name is Andrew Fraley. And I believe that sometimes we all need a little bit of help. If you're in the San Antonio community and you need some legal help, call me at 210-725-4658. Now it's time for Little Gift Clip Quest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Clip Quest. So what I want you to do is I want you to go back to episode 12. Watch it then email me at cindy at littlegive.com explaining why it was so important for our guest to teach her sons how to shake hands properly. If you email me and you get the answer correct, I will feature you on a future episode. I can't wait to see you on the show. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, May is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. And I'm so glad you brought all that up about mental health and how everybody is suffering. You know, that you got the wife, of course, everybody puts their focus there. Or the, the, the woman, you know, who lost a child and then you have, you know, the husband too. And then even if you have children uh, that, you know, are experiencing that loss too, like all of a sudden I was supposed to be a big brother and now I'm not. How do you navigate those kind of questions? And that's interesting because my daughter was very little when I had secondary infertility and loss. So I had the daughter, no issues, and she was very little. And so we didn't really talk about it because she was so little. And now she's grown. She's 10. And so it's like, how do you navigate these questions? She helps me hand make the bracelets for footprints, but she didn't fully grasp the concept uh, of that I've lost a baby. And it didn't happen until one of her teachers last year lost a baby at very late stage. So full term had a stillbirth. And she didn't know how to handle that. And so she came home. And, you know, I started bridging that conversation with her, you know, like, what I do with footprints that helps your teacher. And she's like, Oh, so mom, did you have a, a loss? And I said, Yes. And I said, you know, honestly, mommy's had three losses. And to her, a little brain, even at nine years old, was like, three, you've lost three babies. And I said, Yes. And they're, you know, they're in heaven. And and then she just thought for a second, and we just lost our dog. Our dog just passed away at the same time. And she's like, your, our dog jerseys taking care of your babies, mommy. And I said, yeah, that's right. They're together. And so she started to, you know, put that together. And then she, she makes those bracelets. She's getting it. And it's just having open conversations. Kids are very perceptive. Kids are very aware and they're ready. You just have to use the language that it's appropriate for a child. You're not going to be as graphic and detailed with an, as an adult, but you can share loss and death and you know life and death is part of life but it's the way you approach it and just share like you know I had no control over it I I couldn't do anything about it honey I wish I could give you more siblings but mommy can't do that but that doesn't mean I'm not barren and can't have other things to birth because we're birthing this project and creating love for people and support and that's a good thing and so just even sharing that helped her heal and navigate through her teacher having a loss and it wasn't this heavy thing anymore she was open and asked questions and that's good you want curiosity and and being inquisitive for children. So they're not holding all these thoughts and going to bed at night and trying to figure it out in their little brains without the skills and the tools to work through that. So show up 
for our children and really allow those safe conversations for age appropriateness. And then that creates normalcy around your sphere. And that now impacts a domino effect to, you know, people your age and, and going forward, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I just think what you're doing is just so incredible. It's so important too. And I, I think I 100% agree that it's these tiptoe things where like you really kind of don't know what to say. And yeah. so maybe nothing gets said at all. And then that can leave a child with not really fully understanding or have anybody who's um, explaining to them and then too afraid to ask. So I think you're right. Just be open, honest, explain to your child what's going on. Uh, let them grieve, uh, teach them yeah. the tools and, and the reasons why that all of these things can happen and, and just talk to them like they're adults because a lot of times the kids are a lot more perceptive than what we think. So kudos Absolutely. to you again. Yeah. Thank you. And that just creates that normalcy, right? And it creates that we're taking away the awkward, awkwardness out of it. It's only the silent, weird thing because no one is talking and the person feels very grief stricken that's going through it and the other piece, person doesn't wanna hurt you further. No one's trying to hurt you, but they're afraid they're gonna say the wrong thing, but then it's just silence. So let's just start creating safety around breaking the silence barrier and saying, hey, I, it's okay to admit that I'm struggling with fertility. That's okay. It's safe for me to say that. But then it's also safe for the other person to go, I may not understand, but I sit with you and it's not awkward and we can talk about it and I'm here for you. And like, what a beautiful exchange now. Connection. No more disconnection. Oh, I love that. So, you know, this show is all about little give, but boy, have you given a big one. And so what a big give you're giving to the community I just am so grateful there's people out there like you every single day making this place a great place. And so thank you so much for all you do. Thank you. I just, I heal. And so people are like, why do you keep doing it? And I'm like, because I heal every time I talk about it. I get infused with love, not rejection. And I infuse healing with humanity. And I hope to heal humanity with my hope. And, and hope drives change and hope heals and hope provokes peace and hope can access. So like I'm giving hope by saying, hey, I'm messy and I've been barren, but I'm not barren in my life. I'm still fertile and birthing things and I'm going to birth hope and I'm going to birth books and I'm going to birth conversations and safetyness and normalcy about these all these human issues that we go through. So that's what that is. That little give of hope. A perfect. Well, well said. Tell our audience where they can get in touch with you to find out more about you, what you do, your books, where to buy them, what to do. Give us the whole rundown. Wonderful. Thank you. Blazehunter.com. I think it's up on the screen right there. That's all what I do. I own a consulting firm, whether it's branding, whether it's human rights advocacy, as well as blazehunter.com slash footprints is the nonprofit. That's where we support with footprints bags, support bags. We educate on reproductive health rights. You know what? It's 2023 and any workplace that you go to does not have a workplace policy that addresses what happens if someone at work goes through a pregnancy loss. Who has a pregnancy loss policy? Who has a conversation with their staff, whether it's women? What if you have an all men, you know, trades type of business? They all have partners or, or people in their lives that are going through this. Why don't we have a policy that addresses this and creates normalcy and safety with that conversation? And that's what I do with my human rights advocacy. So blazehunter.com at blaze the trail is all my handles. 
Oh, you have got to keep up the great work. I will definitely be following you. All that you're doing is wonderful and much needed. And I'm so glad that you got that signal that you asked for that day, because if it wasn't for that, who knows where you'd be right now. So it's amazing to see that, that you know, like you said, she just walked over to you and said her little piece and then walked away. And that little give really changed, you know, the course of your life. And look at you now. What a phenomenal thing that's happening. I'm so grateful to know you. Thank you so much. I am grateful to be on this platform. And like, we all want that. We would all want that little injection of that divine appointment of saying, hey, you've got purpose. I wanted to hear something. I wanted to see something. But when I got the message, we all get these little signals and messages. We got to be tuned in and we got to harness what we hear. Every single person out here in this world has purpose, has hope, has something to do on this earth. So harness that. Harness what you're told today, harness what you hear and turn it into hope and healing for humanity. So thank you for allowing me to share that. Ah, such a gorgeous message. I, I can't say enough how inspired I am by you and your story and all that you're doing and you continue to do. So if our audience would like to donate to Footprints, please do. I mean, a dollar, five dollars, that could be a big impact to a nonprofit you know, multiply by the number of people we have watching this show today. So if you are inspired, please go to the website she recommended, donate to Footprints, and you can help another individual who's struggling in their life. So thank you so much for being on today, Blaze. I really appreciate you, and I can't wait to follow your story. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving this uh, a space to share, and I really appreciate it. And thank you so much. Thank you. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.